Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today, we're going to talk about Trump's insistence that a president needs immunity even if he has his political opponent assassinated. And I interviewed Representative Jasmine Crockett, whose latest moment at the House Oversight Committee's Hunter Biden hearing went viral about what Republicans are saying behind the scenes after their circus of a hearing and her response to Hunter walking out on Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen, and you're listening to No Lie. You've probably heard by now that Trump's attorney was in court arguing that Trump needs full immunity as president, to which the judges on the D.C. appeals panel asked, "Okay, well, if a president tries to assassinate his political opponent, does that mean he can't be criminally prosecuted? And Trump's lawyers agreed, saying that he can only be prosecuted if he's impeached and convicted in the Senate first, which, to be clear, is a made up threshold. Like, that's not how it works. It's not enumerated in the Constitution. They decided that out of whole cloth. And there are two things here that stuck out at me. Here's the first one. If Donald Trump's attorneys are arguing that presidents can do quite literally anything they want, including having their own political opponents assassinated with immunity, then why doesn't Joe Biden come out and announce that he's having Trump jailed, that he's having him deported, that he's declaring himself president for life? In this case, the more insane the suggestion, the better, because it'll put on full display the insanity of this idea that a president can do anything with no recourse. I know the Trump team traffics pretty openly in hypocrisy, but man, what I would give to see them argue at literally the same time that Donald Trump has full immunity to do whatever he wanted as president, but also that Joe Biden can't do whatever he wants with immunity as president. We should be so lucky to hear a single reporter ask that question. Now, the second part that stuck out at me is the implications of a Trump presidency knowing that he views that role as no less than a dictatorship. I mean, let's be honest, he's already broadcast that that's how he views the presidency. So even if the Supreme Court strikes this down, which clearly they should and hopefully they will, if Trump wins the election, he would take office, having already signaled that he views any victory as a mandate to act as a dictator. He wouldn't think he's bound by the Constitution or criminal statutes or any laws. So even beyond a Supreme Court ruling, I hope that regular people who like value the concept of democracy recognize the importance of not rewarding someone who's already shown us that he views the presidency as a king. So at this point, it's crucial that we see a Supreme Court decision here quickly, because if and when the court rules that presidents do not have a complete immunity to commit criminal acts in office, then his D.C. prosecution for undermining the election can continue. Um, already, it's likely that that case will have to be pushed back from the March 4th, 2024 trial date. But depending on how quickly the Supreme Court rules, it may actually only have to be pushed back a few weeks meaning we could still see a trial in March or April of 2024, and then that would last four to six weeks, then a verdict and hopefully a conviction and sentencing. But look, it was ultimately that delay that Trump was seeking. Like, Trump knows that this argument is insane. His lawyers know that this argument is insane. The judges know that this argument is insane. But everyone has to go through these motions, jump through these hoops, knowing that the time it takes to adjudicate this issue means that Trump gets a delay. And every extra day of delay he gets puts him one step closer to avoiding prosecution until after the 2024 election. Like he's trying to win this election and then he would use his powers as president to withdraw what will be his own DOJ from prosecuting him. And by the way, he would likely be successful if that happens. But while Trump is doing his level best to delay, there are a lot of folks on the other side working to move this process forward. 
And that's to say nothing of the fact that the judge in this case, Judge Chutkin, isn't messing around either. So all eyes remain on the Supreme Court. Hopefully that court doesn't mess around and rules quickly on a question that should be so simple, the fact that that hasn't been swatted down already is pretty sad. Next up is my interview with Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Now I've got member of the House Oversight Committee, Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett. Thanks so much for taking the time. Absolutely. I look forward to the conversation. Now, for those who aren't familiar with you, uh, you had an amazing moment that went viral uh, during this latest House Oversight Committee hearing where Hunter Biden showed up. Here's a clip of that exchange. Let me tell you why nobody wants to talk to y'all behind closed doors, because y'all lie. That's just the bottom line. You have done it thus far in this investigation. You have done it this far as it relates to this committee. In every single hearing, y'all spin, spin, spin. I don't know how y'all are still standing right now because you should be quite dizzy from all the spinning that you're constantly doing when it comes to spinning the truth. So let's start with uh, the easiest one here. Why shouldn't Hunter Biden simply trust Republicans to be good faith actors when they say that they want him to testify in a closed deposition? I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have been laughing as you were asking that question. <laughs> no, that's that's the that's the right response. But as we're dealing with the clown show known as the House Republican majority, um, I don't think anybody should trust them. Uh, and, and that's not just Hunter Biden. But we know that this is all about politics. We know that everything that they're doing is basically some sort of marching order that comes straight from Donald Trump. And so anyone who would walk into the slaughter and say, hey, I'm here, and I had no idea that you were just coming to rip off my head. Well, you know, that's somebody who's completely uninformed. And so I think what Hunter has done is he's made it clear that he knows the type of games that these people will play. And he is not one to be played with. Now, Hunter also walked out of the hearing room when it was Marjorie Taylor Greene's turn to talk, obviously not looking to give her an ounce of respect after she showed printouts of his dick pics. And she did it again during this latest hearing after he had left. Well, I guess this question is, is a, a first one for me with the member of Congress. But uh, what's with the dick pic obsession? I, I'm guessing she's not getting none at home. Honey, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why she is so curious uh, about his and seemingly obsessed with his. Um, I, I've not had these conversations with her. But I don't think that she was sent to Congress, nor were any of the rest of us sent to Congress so that we could play with nude photos of yeah. political adversaries. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the conversations that I have, not only with those that live in my district, but even some people that unfortunately live in her district, they want real solutions out of our federal government. And there are those of us that show up every single day looking to do the serious work. And then you have those who claim that, you know, they don't want porn in our schools, in our books. And so that's why they're taking books down. But, 
you know, of course, in a committee room, absolutely all the porn you can stand. Right, right. And and the irony, too, about that is these people, when they were in the uh, in the minority, they had campaigned so thoroughly on uh, delivering solutions to the American people. I mean, they went on and on about gas prices and inflation, about how that was the only thing that they would focus on if they were able to retake the majority. Now that they now that they have the majority, the only thing they've been able to accomplish is ousting speakers, ousting members and uh, and showing revenge porn during committee. Absolutely. I mean, right now, um, it, it's funny when they say the quiet part out loud, when you have a Chip Roy out of the state of Texas who's going on and on and on on the House floor about what it is that they will or won't campaign on. And the fact is that they don't have anything to campaign on. This has been the most unproductive Congress that we've ever had in modern day history. And the idea that these people are going to be able to solve problems is just a joke. Nancy Mace yelled that Hunter Biden showing up for a public testimony despite refusing to be railroaded into a private one was an example of his white privilege. Um, maybe I'm misunderstanding what white privilege is, but could, could I have your reaction to that claim by Nancy Mace? Yeah, Nancy doesn't know what white privilege is either. Um, I'm sure that she wills it around uh, on most days, but clearly she doesn't have a full understanding. And for her to feel as if she was the one that should impugn someone else for white privilege was really one of those dumbfounding moments for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I can't say, I won't sit here and say that because Hunter uh, is a white man that he hasn't enjoyed white privilege. I'm sure that he has. But saying that that's the reason that he's ignoring their subpoena is absolutely not. And it's watering down what white privilege has done in this country, especially to people that look like me. And it's it's completely ignoring the fact that every single day we're dealing with um, questions, for instance, that I had to deal with from an elementary kid who was only in the second grade when I went home over this break, who came up to me, this little precious black boy that said, do you believe that black and white people will ever be treated the same? I about broke it down in tears. And so, you know, I think that even that baby has a better understanding of what white privilege looks like than Nancy Mace. Yeah, it's ironic, too, how the Republicans love to grandstand against anything involving race or sex until the moment they believe it benefits them, even if it's completely misguided, as was the case with Nancy Mace. Is there no acknowledgement from the Jim Jordans, for example, of the Oversight Committee that while he castigates Hunter Biden for not complying with a subpoena, that he's like 600 days out of compliance with his own subpoena? Does that not register among any of the Republican members of this committee? It does not. They have come up with their own excuse. They said because of the speech and debate clause, they don't have to answer to subpoenas. Um, I mean, it is always their random excuse. And it is clear that they don't understand the Constitution, even though they tout it as if it is their very own Bible um, that they're toting around all the time. And, you know, the courts have made it clear that that was not a valid excuse for evading their subpoenas. Um, they have no real answers about it, except for the fact that they were wielding their privilege when they decided that they weren't going to show up. And for someone to have the audacity to do the exact same thing that they did, well, now they want retribution <laughs> right. against those that have no respect for the rule of law. Do you think that they're eventually going to vote on whether to impeach Joe Biden? Or do you think that this that the plan here is just to drag this out for the next 11 months as we head into November so that 
Fox News has fodder leading up to the election. Yeah, you know, I think if they do the vote and it kind of all ends because we know that the president would not be convicted in the Senate. I mean, if the Senate wouldn't convict Trump, I can tell you that the Senate is not convicting the president of the United States, especially with the Democratic majority, especially since there has been a failure by this party to come up with any evidence of any wrongdoing and do nothing more than insinuate and show revenge porn in committee. I mean, it's a complete joke. So, you know, but if they take the vote, then what do you talk about? They need something to talk about. Again, they're still searching for what it is that they're going to campaign on. And it really is sad because we're living in a time when the American people really do want real answers and solutions. And we have a lot of people that are hurting and we're just not spending that time that our American citizens are deserving of to focus on them. Instead, they're focused on playing petty little games. Yeah, I think I think like what what they don't recognize is that all of the time spent on this is at is that is to the detriment of something else, of anything else more important than focusing on Hunter Biden and revenge porn and imaginary uh, imaginary corruption claims for which they've had what uh, uh, more than more than a year now to conjure up even a modicum of evidence and yet haven't yeah. been able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, re- Republicans are obviously trying to draw an equivalency between Donald Trump's prosecutions, his his corruption that he's being prosecuted for right now, and this notion of Biden's corruption, which, again, they don't have any evidence to prove. Do you think that strategy will actually work? And I mean, there, there's a difference here between like whether it should, because obviously, like we understand that there's no there there. But do you think that the strategy that they're trying to put forward where they draw this equivalency between Trump and Biden can actually work? I don't think so. I mean, you know, they've got everything that they need as it relates to their base and giving them the red meat that they need. I mean, these people have dug in and have decided no matter what, they are going to support Trump. It doesn't matter how many indictments he gets. It doesn't matter how many courts determine that he's a fraud or he's liable for sexual abuse. It doesn't matter. They just dig in deeper. So they have what they need to get his support. They're not winning any supporters. Right now, the question is, who is going to win the independence? You have a set number of Democrats, you have a set number of Republicans and the difference is always going to be made in the middle. And this is not helping their cause. And listen, I am here for them continuing to do whatever is going to take for them to take themselves down. Um, so, you know, I'm not here to give them political advice, but I honestly don't think that this is turning out the way that they wanted to. I think that they have found a lane as it relates to the border. And I think that that's why we're going to continue to see an exploitation of the vulnerability of the people that are attempting to seek asylum that are trying to enter our country. Is there any acknowledgement uh, from your Republican colleagues, maybe behind the scenes, about what a clown show this is and how ridiculous it makes them look like? Even even Fox and conservative commentators were kind of cringing at Nancy Mace and these other Republican members after this latest hearing. <laughs> I don't know why they keep trying it. I mean, it's 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 so ridiculous. You know, we had the last impeachment inquiry hearing um, that went terribly terribly wrong for them. Um, And we've made it clear that as so long as they want to continue to play these games, we will bring it and we will bring it hard and, and we will bring it even harder. You have to realize that a good portion of the oversight committee is actually comprised of freshman lawmakers. We're only getting better at this. So the more that they decide to do it, the worse it is for them. I will say the behind closed doors, um, there are some admissions. Every once in a while, I'll get a random text from a Republican and they'll say, we don't agree on much, but 
you definitely made very good arguments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's probably as far as they'll usually go. What what was the reaction to I mean you had you had a really great moment that I covered on my YouTube channel where you basically just called him out for for lying, like what of course that of course Hunter Biden isn't going to be willing to testify in private because because you said y'all lie and like this it doesn't get much clearer than that like why of why would he go in there if it's just going to be if everything he says is just going to be distorted by people who have broadcast time and time again that they're not looking to traffic in reality that they're not look, looking to tell the truth what was the reaction to that moment uh that that you had uh, in this latest oversight committee hearing so what what people don't know is that they were um i sit i i sit really close to the republicans um because i sit on the end and then it picks up on the other side with them and um they started laughing uncontrollably when i said that they're liars but then they just started speaking really loudly and so it was the point was to try to distract me, kind of like in the basketball games or you've yeah. got the people that are. So they were trying to distract me because they knew that I was about to get on a roll and go off on them. So I guess this is going to be the new tactic is to just try to distract me every once in a while. You'll see Marjorie Taylor Greene, who tries to jump in if I'm like going because she wants to break up what I'm saying. Um, So this time and I guess maybe going forward. Their goal is going to be to be really loud. It's loud enough where I can hear it, but because their mics aren't on, um, the average person that's listening in can't necessarily hear it. Well, um, we'll continue to to uh, showcase when you do have those moments, um, and grateful for you know for for having your voice on that committee and in Congress right now. So, with that said, Congresswoman, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks again to Congresswoman Crockett. That's it for this episode. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to No Lie with Brian Tyler Cohen, produced by Sam Graber, music by Wellesley, interviews captured and edited for YouTube and Facebook by Nicholas Nicotera, and recorded in Los Angeles, California. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast app, feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review, and check out briantylercohen.com for links to all of my other channels. 